From the Twin Cities PBS archives, a conversation with Horst, originally broadcast in 1991. Born in Austria, he's applied the natural science of his mother's home remedies to create the Aveda Corporation empire. Many consider him ruthless and arrogant, while others consider him passionate, spiritual, and dedicated. With us on Portrait, Horst. When did you start um, paying attention to aromatherapy? Um, well, actually, it's, it's, I experienced aromatherapy when I was a very, uh, in my childhood. My mother uh, has been involved, since I remember, with herbs and plants. And, and some of uh, the plants uh, she used and the essences she made were distilled. So uh, they were essential oils, with other words. And so way back in, 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 in my childhood, I was rubbed in, in my chest when I had fevers or certain things. My mother used to use massage techniques in, in when, I, when I had fevers. And, and Hutton called uh, uh, you know, the good old uh, Father Kneipp uh, treatment, the hot and cold, and changing the sheets and all that. And essential oils, which today is interpreted as aromatherapy, which mm -hmm. is a term I actually stay away from these days, um, because aromatherapy is, uh, from my interpretation, na natural distilled essences from plants and flowers, which are essential oils. And, uh, and uh, so, I used them when I was a, a child, uh, or I was my mother used them on me. So, when I went to uh, to, in, in, to India, in, um, and I actually lived in India for about six months, in the early 70s, uh, I was reintroduced to them. And so it's like, you know, it, it's said today uh, that whatever we smell or experience to the senses is is permanently uh, uh, imprinted in 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 our memory. So when I smelled them, it was familiar. And uh, I, I sort of associated wellness with it. And, and I became very interested uh, in, in plant and flowers in the early, early 70s, uh, late 60s. How many products do you have? Oh. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> not, not in my head. We have many products, because there are so many different units and sizes and all that. So. But we have, you know, I look at it as domains. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started with hair care, uh, because that was the, the easiest for me to, to begin with. But, you know, and from hair care into skin care, color cosmetics, and, and I couldn't stop, because uh, when one works with, with flower essences, they are uh, life. They are life molecular substances uh, directly taken from the plant. And, and it's, a, it's a molecular potency which, which one can feel and experience. And when one lives with that experience for a while, one gets used to it. And, and, and it becomes a very pleasurable thing. It it's, it's becomes a lifestyle. And, and the nose, the senses become very refined. You are building a new plant. Are you not in the yes, state? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Where um, will that Blaine. be? Blaine. 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 I'm. I'm just at this week, just finishing the, the papers on it, and and 
if, if there are no changes in the last moment, we will have a, a very sophisticated high-tech plant in, in, in Blaine, outside of Minneapolis. How many jobs will you create? Oh, it's a big plant. It, uh, it, uh, more than 300,000 square foot. So mm -hmm. we probably will have, well, right now, we, will, we start out with about 350 employees. Mm. And uh, we will have room for probably double of that. Horst, it would seem to me that um, as big as your empire is right now, you could live anywhere in the world. Why do you stay in Minneapolis? Because there's the work to be done. <laughs> that's what the, you know, that's where everything is. I mean, What's everything? Well, we have the manufacturing here. We have the education here. Uh, my family's here. Uh, so it's pretty much, I'm pretty much uh, centered here. So you like it here? Uh, now I do. Now I do. I, I never used to like it here. Tell us how you came here in the first place. Well, in first time I was uh, uh, invited to come to to America was in '63, and I came to New York to be a, a guest performer at the big international hair show which uh, uh, then I was uh, invited back in 64, uh, 64. And the person who was sort of my agent, my contact, was from Minneapolis. And so I was brought here to, do, to give uh, seminars to, to professional people. And during that time, I had a car accident. And uh, I, I, was, I broke vertebrae, so I was laid up for about three months, and I needed uh, to pay my bills, and I had no visa uh, uh, to work here, actually, just to visit. And um, I ended up uh, just uh, staying here just to pay the hospital bills. And there was also a lawsuit because uh, we were hit by, uh, I had a passenger with me, we were hit by a drunk driver. Mm -hmm. And so it took uh, uh, a year or so just to settle uh, the, the legal issues, and I ended up staying here, and I had to start working to to uh, support myself. And and I have never been prior to that in business uh, myself. And but it was so simple to be in business in America. It was like it just happened. I mean, I, I actually worked for three months in Minneapolis, and it was clear to me I should be my, <laughs> run my own business because it's it's. Uh, truly uh, uh, an entrepreneurial uh, uh, springboard, uh, more so than any other country I have lived in. And um, so I just went for it. I just went for it, started my own little shop, and went from there. The first thing you did was open up a shop. When did you set up the school? Oh, the school happened in the mid-70s. Uh, 76, I think it was. I realized that, see, when I was uh, uh, in Europe, I, I, uh, there's an apprentice system. And uh, so I, I was taught by all my different uh, uh, mentors, which were my bosses. So I, I accumulated all kinds of different uh, uh, methods and ways of, of, of behaving in a, in, a, in a salon environment. 
And so when I came here, I, I realized quickly that the people in, in the U.S. weren't just prepared like I was prepared, uh, how I was trained. So I, I started uh, you know, my own training program, and I literally worked people uh, <laughs> into, into uh, you know, nights and Sundays and weekends. I, 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 I had to... In, in Europe, I did like 35 clients, 40 clients every day myself. And to do that, I needed good help, good support. So I had to train uh, people. So I worked day and night, uh, literally every evening. I had a training program, and I kept staff every evening. And I, and I trained with them, and including weekends. This was the very beginning. And then the people who were my assistants who could help me put, do my performances, so to speak, in, on, on the clients, uh, became then future stylists. And, and that's how we eventually grow. And in one year, I was in business one year, we went from three people to 12 people. And, and I realized that I, I, uh, it, it was a very costly, it's very expensive to train people. And, it, and, it, and it, it took a lot of time. And I had to get people from other methods to train to, into my methods, which was difficult. And, and a lot of resisted because I found that people didn't want to work long hours. You know, uh, there was uh, different working habits. And, which I, I never experienced. Uh, I had a different concept of work, and, and I never you know, looked at hours. I always looked at things to do. And uh, so I realized that uh, I had to uh, uh, start an education center. And, and, and rather than me uh, uh, paying people for training, which, which is the the, the way I, I was doing. And after I had him trained, and then I saw other businesses coming and trying to recruit the people who I trained. And, and, and it was like uh, not practical. So I, I thought I should become. And also the people who I got from the schools, I couldn't use because they were so poorly trained, so poorly prepared uh, uh, with skills. And even psychologically, I just didn't want to go the extra mile on the client. And, didn't know how to service a client uh, by, by one, their own nature. So I decided I have to start my own school and, and prepare the youth or, 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 or someone uh, who wants to make a, cha a career change from a very beginning state. And, and, and it began to uh, pay off for us. Uh, it, it, when I started the school, the company really began to grow. You put into practice what you preach. At the school, to. I mean, right. everything is recyclable. You have glass bottles. Uh, have you done that all along, or is that fairly recent? Well, uh, we have all since we began. I, I started Aveda for for the simple reason I wanted to make a product, which uh, I know from my own point of view is correct from an environmental point of view. Mm. And. Uh, you know, uh, when we started, environmentalism wasn't as clarified as it is today. So we kept adopting, as we kept learning. And we, we were educated a lot by the environmentalists. And, and you know, a, most of my friends I have personally are environmentalists who, who uh, I met through uh, one way or another. 
where I listened to them speak and I said, yes, this is, what's, this is what I should do. This is what I should support or this is what we should bring inside our business. And so gradually, you know, and still to this day, our, our information pool of what to do is just gradually increasing. How can you relax? What do you do to relax? Well, what I, what I, you know, I sort of got into a habit of uh, learning how to breathe. So it's, I, I use basic uh, principles of, of yoga. I, I studied yoga and I still study yoga. Uh, and I have physical yoga, exercise, hatha yoga, which sometimes I sort of get a little bit away from. But my my uh, mental exercises, uh, my, my physical breathing exercises, I sort of became a habit. I, I, I try to breathe diaphragmatically, and if I'm aware of my breath conscious, I can relax very deeply, very quickly. So, and I can do it just anywhere. I can do it on an airplane or in a car or, or the office. And usually when I lo lose breath awareness, that's where I get myself into, into, into imbalances. So I, I, I do that. I, I, and then if I, if I have time, and sometimes I just feel I lose awareness of self, where I just become very narcissistic with, with work. And, and, and I just forget about myself or my body and then usually I have symptoms of and then I pay attention to them and then usually I take time out and repair. Do you uh, take vacations? Yeah, I take uh, or just lock myself into for two days in my, my loft and I I, I I do my practice more intensely and I just usually do art. I, I get away from the from my normal routine and I, I do I pick up a paintbrush and pencils and just play around and do other things. Are you a spiritual man? Uh, I, I try very hard to be a, 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 an honest person. So um, if, if, if that means spiritual, yeah, I try to be spiritual. Do you think that your work is an has an element of your spirituality in it? Do you think you were chosen to do what you do? I think we're all chosen to do. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think we're all here for, to, to learn what we can do and what we should do and how we should do it. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm here, to, I'm a student. You know, I, I'm afraid to be a master of anything because that what makes me lazy, it makes me arrogant. Mm -hmm. And I am, I catch myself being arrogant a lot. And that's some of the things I need to watch. You know, it's it's because I, I stop learning. I stop <laughs> I stop behaving smart. You know, and, and so I try to be aware, and that's why I, I I I try to set up the system around me that people do confront me. If if and, and getting people to do it, it's a tough one. Why? Because people are afraid. You know, fear is 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 uh, it's a barrier we have between between each other. Why would someone be afraid of you? Uh, well, there could be many reasons. There could be, you know, fear of losing a job, fear of not being popular with me, or fear of, I mean, fear of, uh, 
maybe had maybe just fear of self being here <laughs> you know so it could be many reasons are you very demanding boss yes are you yes. tell me about that i'm a driver are i you? drive myself mm -hmm. uh subconsciously i just do it automatically uh my 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 mentors have always been like that and i sort of who are your mentors Oh, all my, Besides all my, your children. All the people yeah. I worked with, you mm -hmm. know. My, my first mentor, uh, who was where well, I was an apprentice for three years, who was a very disciplined uh, uh, being and, and always active, always working on something pr to perfect. And, and, and he just, you know, I mean, that was the thing to do, you know, how to clean. I was taught at 14, at 6 o'clock, how to clean the shop how to make the fire, uh, because there was no central heating. We had to make fires. And the apprentice did all that. So we started at 6, and, and then I, I came home at, at uh, 9 o'clock at night, because I, I practiced after, after the shop was closed on, on the things I needed to perfect. Mm -hmm. So I, I sort of uh, uh, was imprinted, my, my, my mentors, uh, desire to to create things more 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 precisely mm. and and so when i see uh, uh things which could be done different i i i, I get very strong about it very strong. <laughs> no, no, very strong yeah yeah and sometimes i i get in it makes me very angry when i see imperfections and it's and i understand today that's my own imperfections i get angry about so mm. it's I'm beginning to understand a little bit more about myself and, and other people. Too, so. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me a little bit about your family and your childhood. Mm, I grew up in the southern part of Austria, mm -hmm. in a, a city, a capital a city of, uh, of a state, Klagenfurt. Uh, it's a, a capital city of the state Kärnten which borders Yugoslavia and Italy, the southern part of Austria. Surrounded by beautiful mountains. And uh, so I, I grew up uh, 41, a war baby. Uh, my father was a shoemaker. Just small time, just w was very creative. He was, he was an artist in his own right. And after the war, when he came back from the war, he, People had crippled feet, and he made uh, shoes, handmade shoes, for people who had crippled feet. And then later on, got into sports, and so I grew up in that environment. Very, quite uh, poverty. You know, we, we were. I remember my childhood of, of, of uh, you know, <laughs> eating uh, three times a day coffee and cornmeal. Uh, so. And it wasn't until about until I was about eleven, ten years old, things became better. But which drove me to, uh, you know, become an entrepreneur quite early. So at 14, I be, uh, literally began to support myself. How? Just by becoming apprenticed in hairdressing and worked very, very long hours. Uh, but it just, it was just natural. I just enjoyed doing that and, and uh, needed to support my mother because my father somehow, sometimes, was not responsible all the time. Tell me a little bit more about your mother. Oh, she was a saint. My mother was a totally giving person. 
She, uh, she went to the mountains, had a mentor who was also a woman. Uh, at that time, she was in, in her 60s, my mother's mentor. My mother was around, uh, I was born when my mother was uh, uh, 40 years old. And so my mother just went to the mountains. She was totally service-oriented, serviced the neighborhood, never charged for, for her remedies, just gave, gave things away. She was a very poor woman, but she just gave all the time. And a uh, very special woman. I remember my mother as being a very special giving person. Did you have brothers and sisters? Two brothers, yeah, older brothers. Where are they now? One of my brother, my older brother, I brought here in the late 60s, who now supports uh, Aveda in manufacturing. And I have another brother who still lives in Austria with my father. Is your mother still alive also? No, she, she, she went. Uh, she left uh, 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 six years ago. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your family here. I have, uh, I'm a divorced uh, person. Uh, I have two children. Uh, my daughter, Nicole, lives in New York right now. She goes to FIT. She's 23 years old, studying very talented young woman. And I have a son uh, who, who has been working with me since he was uh, 14. And now he's going to St. Thomas, finishing his, his degree, his business degree. And he, he takes care of me, sort of, he's my, <laughs> my mentor. And he is, your yeah. mentor? Oh yeah, yeah, my children are my mentors, there's no doubt about it. And why is that? Just because I see myself in them. Mm -hmm. And they tell me <laughs> what I should do and what I shouldn't do. So. And you listen to them? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Are you happy? Yes, uh -huh. yes. Because of your work, because of a combination of work and family. I mean, I still hit lows, mm -hmm. you know. I, 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 and, but when I become aware of my low, my lows, I, I know how to get out of it. I know how to, which I call self motivation or self education and, or, or self balancing. Yeah, I, I, I'm learning how to do this much better than, than I ever used to. You constantly work on your fulfillment. You're yes. happy, but... Yeah, I, I sort of, yes, I'm happy. I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm totally happy. Uh, but then there are moments where I see that which is still missing, the, 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 uncom the incomplete part of Horst. And then, you know, I get sad about that or angry about that. And when I see myself in others not doing it, then I get angry about that. Mm -hmm until I catch myself, <laughs> and then I try to repair. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about um, your vision for the future. I mean, I think we clearly get an idea mm -hmm. of a vision that has brought you here. Um, what do you want to do tomorrow? What's the future? Besides the plant in Blaine, what other things are you interested in working well, on? Well, I'm 50 years old in November, and uh, I set myself goals a long time ago. Uh, about, about 20 years ago, I started writing things down and setting personal goals and carrying it with me in my little uh, uh, time design book and so. And I decided that when I'm 50, that I should work nonprofit. 
because I, I, I need to prepare myself to, to let go uh, uh, materially, to become less attached to, to this thing of, of self and more, more, more service-orientated. Because from my point of view, my own personal philosophy, I think it's an easier process to leave the plane. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> I'm 50 now, and uh, I, I'm forming a foundation, which is a nonprofit foundation. And I'm going to demand from, from the Corp Aveda Corporation to get so much money into that. And I'm going to manage that. I don't want to manage Aveda Corporation anymore. I, I want to become a consultant mm -hmm. and advisor and still go uh, mileage and do mileage for the company because I need to make sure the company gives to the foundation. So I know that it's gonna, it needs uh, nurturing and, and, and work and support and service. Tell me a little bit about the film festival mm -hmm. that you sponsor. It's perfect. Uh, it's perfect because it's uh, this year uh, more than 600 uh, filmmakers have entered from all over the world. And the name of the festival now is? Well, we, we managed to get our name <laughs> involved in it uh. and, and I was actually I just sort of the offer to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's the Aveda Environmental Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have more than 600 uh, filmmakers uh, have entered, and there'll be judges. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in Los Angeles, uh, Santa Monica. And they're going to bus young people who are uh, underprivileged, who cannot, to the, to, the, to the films, and seeing all the films. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's just a very important uh, uh, event so that, that the community in, in the United States, in particular, the young people and, and the mature people just really see the truth about environmentalism. And if one watches one of those movies, you know, uh, your heart just begins to get affected by it. When the heart feels, then it opens up. Mm -hmm. 25 years from now, where is Horst and what is he doing? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't... Uh, who, God's will. <laughs> God's will. Horst, thank you very much for being with us today. Good it's luck with the rest of your life and all these projects. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Funding for this TPT archival podcast was made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Thank you.